0: This is The Unholy Union,
1: a podcast where you'll be subjected to highly offensive marital discourse.
0: If you do not feel insulted during this week's episode, don't worry, we'll try harder next week.
1: If you can relate to our ramblings, we want to be friends with you.
0: If you believe that we take it too far or our mouths are too much for you, then with as much love and sincerity as we can muster, you can suck it.
1: Welcome to The Unholy Union. The Unholy Union podcast would like to welcome our next special guest this week, my cousin, Mandy Stingus.
0: Hi, you sound guys. so fancy. <laughs> <I know.
1: laughs> I'm really happy. Um, and not only is she my cousin, and we've been close since we were kids, she is also a wife, a mother, a mental health advocate, a veteran, a chef, a Penn State alum, <laughs> and a social media community voice for organizations such as crew and lady scouts. She's done it all at this point.
0: Yeah, her her rap sheet is like a CVS receipt.
1: (laughs) Just keeps pointing. No, but her story is one of perseverance and determination to have the life she deserves. And we are so excited to have her join us today and share it with our listeners. Thanks for being here today.
2: Yeah, thanks for having me, guys. Actually, since you put out the challenge of we're going to get people who have accomplished great things <laughs> onto the show. So it's in my head, I'm like, what have I accomplished? Like, my accomplishment is that I'm surviving.
1: Well, <laughs> and that's all anybody can do every day. Yeah. So uh, that is a huge accomplishment. And you're gaining the life that you are building for yourself, right? So to me... Again, perseverance, determination, and that is an inspirational story, period. Yes.
2: Yes. No, then thank you for that. I think we all go through these tough times, these different traumas, and we sometimes don't even call them that. We just say, oh, well, that was a tough day. Uh, But (laughs) it just all kinds of makes these little tiny cuts in you. And until finally one day you're like, oh, I didn't fix this. So now there's a big gaping hole in me and I can't. I can't fix it. So you're kind of faced to deal with it in those moments. Uh, And I have just happened to have done that very publicly.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Can you expand on that a little bit? If you're comfortable with that, you said publicly, so (laughs)
2: this is in the public. (laughs) Yes, absolutely. And I would say different stages of what I've gone through. I finally started opening up about, uh, there's different spots in my past where I really haven't been too vocal. And there's other areas where I was like, okay, I'm comfortable sharing this because I'm going through it right now. I happen to be an army veteran who decided that they were going to join because I thought the war was over. Uh, (laughs) Joke was on me. Uh, (laughs) I immediately got deployed. I showed up expecting this is my weekend. Uh, and they told me, hey, you're deploying at the end of this year, which is mm-hmm. not something that I was mentally prepared for, not something my family was mentally prepared for. I mean, there were several times my dad said, I will pay somebody to knock you up, uh, which <laughs> is not a conversation that you want to have with your dad. He
0: <laughs> right. uh, was
2: either that or else he was going to bust my legs. And Right. That's also something you don't want to be afraid of your dad for. Like <laughs> I would come into the garage and I'd be like, uh, we better walk really quickly past all these tools.
0: He has a hammer.
2: <laughs> yes. Yes. Uh, so luckily we, we happen to all get through that. I went to Afghanistan for about nine months in country, three months train up and getting back in the States. And I will tell you not an experience that I would like to do again, I would say it was probably the best and worst time of my life. There were times where I was like, yes, I am so strong. And it forced me to get in the best physical shape that I was in. But it also really drained me as a person and kind of numbed me to a lot of different things. I didn't work with like explosives or uh, what I thought in my head was A very dangerous thing. So whenever I got deployed, I was working with helicopters. I was helping to refuel them. Mm -hmm. So pretty much out of the line of fire because they want to keep that stuff real safe. Um, But we had an incident on our base where we had an IED on a fuel truck that was getting ready to come into the base. I was not near it. Like I wasn't right there going, oh my gosh, it's exploding. I was asleep. So I, I was in a tent and I was getting ready to go to sleep and that is not a a spot where you want to be whenever something is happening. And our base was very teeny teeny, super small, one mile long, if that, and like, it felt like it was right there. And just hearing commotion uh, and being startled awake, like that's a point in your day where you're very, very vulnerable. And I was not prepared for it. And there was only maybe one or two other females in my tent. Uh, so it wasn't something where I was like, oh, I've got all of these comrades around me. Like I'm ready to go. I in that moment felt like this is it. Yeah, mm-hmm. for sure. Shit's hitting the fan. Like yeah. <laughs> I'm yeah. not ready. I don't have my ear on. I just didn't know what was going on. And that jolted me. And you went from being really, really feeling like you're safe to an instant being like, oh my gosh, like I can die every single day from it.
0: Yeah, for sure. Uh,
2: And I was near the end of my deployment when that happened. So I I had to finish that out. Uh, I really tried to push back those emotions because I kept thinking in my head, I wasn't even there. Like I wasn't even out there. I didn't have somebody shooting Anything like that. I just felt like you're trying to
1: justify, right?
2: I don't don't have a a reason to feel like this, Uh, especially whenever you return. You have people telling you, hey, don't you want to go home? If you say something, you bring something up, you say you're hurt, you say you're dealing with these. Their immediate response is, don't you want to go home to see your family? And they try to really push that away. Uh, So you're not really supported. Oh, yeah to even speak up and I didn't feel comfortable speaking about it. And it almost destroyed a lot of my life. It destroyed relationships. Obviously I am divorced. So I, I dealt with that. I had to deal with that immediately. And then the anger and the numbness, there was no in between. It was just, I was either really upset. The first thing that I said to my younger sister, when she came to pick me up at the airport was quit crying, you pussy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> like that is not me. Right. As, as a, a person before that or a person after that. And I can see that. So it just it took a really long time to even come to terms that I had something going on and that I could feel that way. And it it wasn't until, you know, a year or two later that I, I really came head on with it got into a new relationship with my current husband and feeling that support system with him and also recovering that with my family, some of my yeah. friends and then going back to school and I would say faith like faith definitely saved my life uh, sure. just all throughout my life like there has never been a moment where I was felt like I was abandoned and that I can you know attest to my family and my, my faith.
0: <laughs> right. Right. See that, that was what pushed me through too. You know, i talked about my journey through all that stuff as well. And you helped me there yeah. <laughs> yeah, because you were, you were going through it. I mean, you were going through it a little bit before me, but we're still, we're all going yeah. through something like you said earlier. I feel like the family aspect and the faith aspect definitely pushed me over the edge. Having our daughter. Yeah. Looking at her and I'm like, "All right, I have to get better. There's no choice here, <laughs> you know. Yeah. I have to be a dad." <laughs> <laughs> and that is the most important thing. So what do you think is there anything that that you would say to somebody who's thinking about joining and what can they do to prepare for it? I feel like there's nothing you can do to prepare for that.
1: Even for you, someone who doesn't deploy, Russ, you didn't deploy on when you were in the Coast Guard. You, you know, were within the United States, yeah. And you would go undersea sea or underseas, over oh, sh- whatever, <laughs> underway,
0: underway.
2: <laughs> oh, whatever the
0: terminology? <laughs> undersea. <is. laughs> I was on a submarine in the. Coast
2: I know. Coast. I thought we were going there, and I was like, "Wait, it's too soon for that." Like we can't, <laughs> we can't talk about
1: submarines <laughs> yet. Like they're not bad, I'm sure. Yeah, we went
0: and saw the Titanic
1: and... Uh, No, you went underway. But even for that experience, you mentioned, you know, when we were going through our uh, previous podcast, Russ, for your experience, that had a part in what you went through mental health wise. And um, so, I mean, to both of you, I think whether or not you're being deployed, just that experience in general is something that can be traumatic, right? Is there anything any advice you would give?
0: Don't do it.
2: Don't don't do it unless you're joining the Air Force. <laughs> right. <laughs> All yes. of those branches can probably come together and say, with consensus, join the yeah. Air Force. Where I was was a crapshoot. It was living in tents. It was loose gravel, like you're constantly rolling your ankles. And across the road, there was an air force base that had paved roads. Yeah, actual standing buildings, a massage parlor, a pizza <laughs> place, a bar, like all of this was going on. And none of us knew about it unless you went to sick call and you had to throw on all of your gear and go across the road like you were going into war. And then you got right. there and you're like, whoa,
0: this is a city.
2: Yeah. Like these guys <laughs> have it all like right they're over there eating dominoes or something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> So I would say Domino's in
0: Afghanistan.
2: Yeah. It, it, they have all kinds of crazy. They had Domino's, I think they had McDonald's variations <laughs> and stuff like Subway. I don't know what kind of meat you're eating. Yeah, um, right. But it's definitely better than the twelve versions of curry that I'm yeah. eating over in my town hall.
0: <laughs> yeah, you 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 pour hot water into a bag and then whatever it turns yes. into, that's what you yeah.
2: eat. Uh, but I will say whoever is Considering it, if you are considering it for the sole reason of having school paid for, watch out. Because unless you are active duty, there are very particular things that you need to do. If you're going for school repayment for like student loans you already have, it has to be on your contract from day one. If not, well, guess what? You got to extend and you got to have six years on your contract from the day that you want to have those things paid. I joined because I had already gone to college and I wanted it to be paid back. My paperwork got messed up. I didn't have student loan repayment. So at that point, I was a chef and I was like, you know what? I don't like my job. So I'm going to go back to college and now I'm going to do it this way and go for tax accounting. And guess what? They paid 60% of my college tuition and everything like that just because that's all I had earned as a reservist, I had right. not earned the full. In order to get the remaining, I would have had to have deployed at least three more times. Not yeah, more- Oh my god! That's crazy.
0: And you know you're not going to do that just based on what happened to you.
2: No, mm-hmm. no, my dad straight up would have broke my legs if I <laughs> ever hinted on that. Like I ended up getting not really deployed, but they sent me to near Washington DC. Whenever they were going through the Democratic and the Republican National Conventions. Right. I was with the military police unit at that point. And they were like, hey, guess what? You guys are on call for riot control. And Mm -hmm. that that was also fun because I got (laughs) maced. So for fun, they have to certify that you can handle that and know how to deal with that or at least know what to experience with that. So they maced us. And then we went to the gas chamber later. So Mm -hmm. two for one, (laughs) I thought I would never have to do the gas chamber again. And I was doing it again. And people thought it was for fun.
0: Mm. Right. Right. Well, see, and that's the thing is like, it's glorified so much that people see it on TV. Mm -hmm. They see basic training on TV. It's all glossed over. Basic training. they, They straight up told us when we got there, their job is to break you down mental and physical. Yep. And then build you back up, and I don't think people understand how far that goes.
2: Yes, and like the
0: breaking uh, down. They 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 said that we want to make sure that you want this, and I'm like,
2: I didn't want it. Oh, <laughs> like, right. uh, I saw a lot of people break, and I came very very close at a lot of different times because you can be doing things perfectly. You could be shutting your mouth yes. and you could be doing things exactly how they tell you to do. And you have somebody in your unit that won't shut up and they keep talking out. And they're, yep. you're just wondering, why are you even here? Like you joined into this, you knew you would have to follow orders and now you're not going to. And
0: right. they would
2: punish you all. And right. well,
0: Ooh. I mean, mine too was at the very beginning, they would give you a task. And it was impossible Mm -hmm. and you would fail and everybody got punished. And it was like that every day from, I can't remember. We woke up at like four 30 until 10 o'clock at night. It was fail, 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 fail. So they, it was like, you couldn't do anything right.
2: Yep. Yep. And then
0: you're not getting paid shit.
2: (laughs) Oh yeah. At that point, it doesn't matter. Like you're not using it at that point. You're in Mm -hmm. basically a prison cell.
0: Right. That's exactly how it fell.
2: So you rack up all this money, and you are like, "Yeah, I am making that active duty pay," but you are not doing anything with it during that no. time and, until you do, and then you are like real dumb with it, yeah. right?
0: Well, and then it it's not that much money, period. No. In you,
2: comparison, like if I was working a full time job, no, not what? not even close, not worth paid, it.
0: <laughs> I think wasn't it like seven hundred bucks twice a month? Uh huh. It was seven hundred dollars mm-hmm. twice a month. That was unbelievable. And I thought that was a lot.
1: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, but again, you're also young. Tip, you know, Typically, people who join up are very young. And to them, it's, quote-unquote, easy paycheck, right? You- <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But you know, that's, that's what they make it sound like, especially at recruiting facilities. Like, you join and you go through basic and you get whatever job you want after you go to A school. And it's like they make it sound like it's some easy breezy thing, but... To me, that is misleading. It is misrepresentation of what people actually go through when they do join. Because you didn't know you were going to be deployed. (laughs) No.
2: And especially I did not know there were jobs that you could get bonuses with. Like I joined into where they had a spot open and they're like, yeah, I think you should go in this. Whereas if they would have just said, hey, go do this, you'll get $30,000. I would have said, hey. Let's do yeah. that instead. That's a job well, that I ended up doing, but I didn't get that bonus for. I just ended up being cross-trained and put into it.
0: <laughs> right. well, they they guaranteed me straight out of boot camp, a school, and then they pulled a fast one, like right before I went to uh, the processing facility in Baltimore, they said, "Oh, you're not qualified for that." So me being young, I was like, I don't give a shit. I'm almost there. I just got to sign more paperwork and then I get to be
1: put me in. Yeah, I get yeah. to be
0: put in the Coast Guard. Well, come to find out, I then get to basic and they go through all this stuff asking you, what do you want to do? What job? What's your goals and things like that? And I said, I want to be an electronics technician, but they told me I wasn't qualified. And they were like, dude, you're qualified. <laughs> I was like, what the <laughs> fuck? And then they said, oh, it's too late. It's too late for you to do that. And I said, of course it is, because that was a $30,000 signing bonus job that I was told that I was qualified. Then you bait and switched me until I signed the paper. And now I'm screwed. Now I don't. Now, right out of basic, I had to go to a boat. That was my duty station. And I had to scrub toilets and things like that because I was a non-rate still, which I had no rank. I was just there to pick up trash and do very basic things. And I'm like, this is dumb.
2: Yeah. Well, that's so, all, I mean, the, all that active duty is. <laughs> right.
0: But it was just like, it co- I couldn't believe it that, I mean, I'm not, I wasn't trying to like toot my own horn or anything, but I passed the ASBAB with these super flying colors. And I'm like, you guys are putting me in to this. Yeah. And it, 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 it's almost insulting. And that messed with my mental health too, because I'm like, I am cleaning toilets. Yep, you know it it was agitating.
1: (laughs) I mean, it sounds like you both had similar experiences with the military for sure, and you both are alluding to the fact that it had impact on your mental health. Let's, Russ, you've already had your turn on a previous (laughs) podcast, (laughs) Mandy. What do you think was the moment that you realized I need help? I think.
2: I have always had these kind of bouts with depression. Being younger, I I actually went through a depression in high school and I attempted to take my own life uh, and knowing those, I guess, maybe warning signs of what led up to that, I could see those patterns happening again. And it, it no longer was, I feel happy, I'm doing this, I have these goals in life. It was, this life sucks. I cannot do this anymore. I had anger issues. It it just, it was taking a toll on everything. Uh, And I didn't think about the future. If anything, I think the military, one of the the main things that it did with my mental health is I just thought about dying all the time. I would just be out and about. I would be like, I'm going to die. Like just moments of panic where it was just completely unrational, but I would just think in my head, this is it. I'm going to die. I'm gonna have a heart attack. Somebody's gonna stab me. Just all these thoughts. And it would just be so intrusive to everything that I was doing. And I didn't yeah. have that purpose that I felt like I've had all my life. And I needed to talk to somebody because I felt like it was leading me down that that kind of scary path.
0: Um, yeah, you felt like it was the end.
2: Yeah, yeah. yeah and I would say the first therapist that I talked to sucked, sucked <laughs> so bad. And that's usually how it goes. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I tried to do it the right way and go through the VA and talk to somebody there. And literally the very first session that I had with her, she I felt like she coached me to say everything I needed to say to make her happy and get out. Right. The door, that yeah. I was fine. And I just needed to count to 10 whenever I was having a moment and realize that I'm not going to die. And it's just, it was in and out. And I felt like I had just wasted my time.
0: Yep. If it was as easy as counting to 10, she wouldn't have a job. Yeah. Because everybody would count to 10 and be all happy. You know, that's not how this shit works. (laughs) Let's go towards the happier stuff. (laughs) <laughs> you felt like it was the end, and that was your your turning point of going after help. Yes. What do you think actually pushed you over the edge, and you started seeing the light at the end of the tunnel?
2: I was in college, so I was down at uh, Penn State Shenango. Woo woo, uh, and. <laughs> it's a very small campus, like everyone there knows who everyone is. And I worked in student affairs. So I got to see a lot of different people. And like working with the faculty, like it was very hard to if you had a problem for them not to see it. And they were continuously like pulling me into things going, hey, like, there's this club we think you should join. And I at that point, I was just like, yeah, sure. Like, I'll just join all the clubs. And that's pretty much what <laughs> I did. Busy. Yeah i busy. Yeah. I was like, yeah, I'm really good at leading certain things. So I got pulled into a lot of different leadership things. I made it so I was busy every single second <laughs> of the day. And surrounding yourself with a whole bunch of happy people is a good way to kind of push into that. You fake it until oh. you make it. But I met a lot of different people through those experiences, I met veterans through that experience where talking to them, I would say is the sole thing that kind of pushed me to say, Hey, yeah, definitely. This is what's going on. I need to get some help. Uh, And like having that kind of friendship and people that understand what you've gone through helped me to solidify in my head. Like I'm not, it's not just me. There's something truly going on and I need to correct it. And then having all like a whole community of people really kind of rallying around you and pushing you to be better, to be happier. Like it, right. it really does take a toll on you and you, you start to fake it till you make it. And mm-hmm. and I started to make it and yeah. seeing how I was impacting other people really warmed your heart. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah for It sure. makes you feel better. Uh, yeah. knowing you're making somebody else feel better. Uh, I, there's so many times where I would just get random messages and things like that through Facebook, and it just from made, me. Maybe <laughs> no, you. <talking laughs> <about it. laughs> I, I don't think we were Facebook friends until you started fishing. <laughs> like, <laughs> well,
0: well t- I, when we moved to Florida, that's when I uh I decided to go ahead and make one. <laughs>
2: yeah, 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 gotta brag. Yeah, but yes. like having that and when i say i went public with it like i i thought it was this thing that was confined to just our campus so right. i spoke out i was one of the main speakers at a stamp out sigma event back in 2015 i think and somebody posted it to youtube and mm. it became this thing that was bigger than just that campus because somebody in New York saw it and they were like, Yeah, I like this story. So they flew me out to New York twice. Uh, once right. to be on Women's Health Magazine, and then the second time to be on the Today Show. So very cool experiences from literally crying your eyes out for right. about 20 minutes in front of a group of people.
1: Like-
0: <laughs> well, I mean, that, that just goes to show, though, that these people that do feel alone, they're not alone. You know, it it impacts a lot of people. Yeah. It's nothing wrong with it that you're feeling that way. You just got to go get that help.
1: Yeah.
0: Find somebody, find something to help.
1: Yeah. I think I actually remember the day that I told Russ to contact you because it was early on when we were at the very beginning and it was in a time that was very dark for us. And the moment he messaged you and started talking to you, you could see he felt hope. Yeah. So again, I say to you, (laughs) your story is of perseverance and determination. And you are right on that helping others is your way of being a hero. Take what you will from that. We have... (laughs) <laughs> i'm just gonna tell our listeners real quick we have what's called the bonnie gene in my yeah, yes the grammy gene uh-huh yep it is rampant so if we get emotional it's because we love each other we're family <laughs> we have the same genes or so- you watch
2: a weird commercial and it just hits you right and next <laughs> thing you know you're crying over uh-huh. something really really stupid like getting a pair of socks right i mean it can make all the difference in the world (laughs) yes
1: but (laughs) my
0: my feet were cold at that moment
1: (laughs) yes yes but uh, again i think the idea of supporting others is your way of how you have impacted your community and how you've impacted us so a hundred percent i believe that you are a hero in that sense (laughs) yeah But you also have a very extensive career background, Mandy. Yeah, (laughs) (laughs) I am the jack
2: of all trades, master of none, but I'm slowly working on that. Like I I feel like I've found my niche. I'm making my way at it. And it's just, it's exciting. Whenever you have a job that you actually like, Uh it makes all the difference. For sure. It's just, I... I'm actually right now transitioning. I am hoping um, train underneath somebody that's retiring at the end of, you know, probably at the end of tax season next year. And to see that side of it, which is software development, like that behind the scenes product management, that's completely different than what I'm doing right now. But I love to see what I'll be doing. And I hope it's something that I'll be doing the rest of my career. So yep. that's awesome.
0: Well, you'll be able to make it happen. Yeah. <laughs> For
2: yeah. sure. Yeah, For sure. Uh, but, but I th- will th- say whenever I say t- I do taxes, I only do dead people and nonprofits. <laughs> so unless you were dead, don't <laughs> hit, hit me up on Facebook saying, Mandy, I need you to do my my 1040. Like, I'm <laughs> OK, when'd you die. <laughs> oh, yeah. yep so You send your family to me.
1: Yeah. Well, I want to talk about your culinary experience because every time you tell me stories about it, I'm just like, oh my God, that's so cool. And I think it's part of my love for Gordon Ramsay, but neither here nor there. But your experience being a chef and the food you cook is amazing. Let's be clear. (laughs) Did you enjoy that experience and what led you away from it?
2: So I grew up with a family that owns a restaurant, and I will say, I did not enjoy that at that point, yeah. and I did not think that my life would be revolving around that. I don't know how I got into culinary arts. In my head, I was like, "Yeah, I'm going to turn Arma Jeans into some <laughs> five star restaurant in Northern Cambria," which is not what happened. <laughs> <laughs> I tried to fancy up their menu sometimes and put different specials. Old people do not want cordon bleu. They want their hot steaming thing of soup that I do not know how they're eating because I would burn my hands on it every single time. (laughs) Um, But somehow I think maybe Grammy Bonnie somehow influenced me. And I was like, yes, I'm going to cook for people and that's going to bring me joy and money. And (laughs) those things don't exist (laughs) in the culinary art world. I don't think. Uh, right. I went to North Carolina, uh, to Johnson and Wells and I did culinary arts down there. And it was awesome. Like, it was a, a fun experience because you are in a new class every single nine days and you are constantly trying everything. You are just doing different, co- like, cooking techniques. You are doing different cuisines. Every single nine days, you had a different thing. And it was fantastic. And I do not know how I didn't gain like 50 pounds, but I managed to not. Uh, (laughs) So it was fantastic at that point. And I love that area. Charlotte has my heart. Whereas I'm like, one day, maybe I'll go and retire there. Just It's just absolutely beautiful down there. The weather, much better than Ohio and Pennsylvania. (laughs) 100%. And but I, could we talk you into coming to Florida? Maybe. Yes. <laughs> I definitely I definitely think you could probably coerce a lot of our family from mm-hmm. south eventually. Um, oh yeah, for we, sure. We just need to try and get Grammy Bonnie, but that's the hard sticking point at
1: this point. Uh-huh.
0: That's not I gonna told work.
1: her, You I won't have to buy as much oil to eat to heat that house if you come instead. Be a snowbird. Just be yeah. a snowbird. Yeah. <laughs> it exactly. didn't work.
2: No, but I just, I got into working for a restaurant out by State College. I was an executive chef. And I think the moment that I realized it's not going to work out was whenever I I found out that the person below me, my sous chef, was a high school graduate, no real background, and was making 50 cents less than me. And I was working all day, every day, every weekend, every holiday, just constantly. Oh, yeah. So yeah. there's a reason why all shafts are usually on drugs. That's <laughs> how they get through.
1: Right. <laughs> mm-hmm. yeah. Yep. They have their own mental health experiences. It sounds like for sure. Yes. yes. <laughs> well, we kind of, we definitely hit on the whole veteran experience and your military experience, but you mentioned that it was the best shape that you were in when you were in basic and throughout your deployment. I would beg to differ and say maybe now, Yeah, girl. (laughs) You just flash your muscles for everybody who can't see. Uh, (laughs) um, I would say that maybe now is maybe your best that you've, you know, physical shape that you've been in. I'm, you know, I'm not, I'm not one to judge, but do do you agree?
2: No, I would, I would agree. And I would say I, I was definitely not ready and basic. I was, I struggled. I was not in good shape. They put me at the, as a road guard because that meant that you had to run up to the road to stop traffic before everyone else came through, and then you'd have to run back and just constant running. And it was a good way for me to lose weight, but I was not in good shape. Being deployed, you don't have anything better to do, so you work right. out. Uh, yeah. But I didn't know how to work out, so Sounds it like wasn't. In, yeah, exactly. Unless <laughs> <laughs> exactly, gym equipment. <laughs> <laughs> right. Um,
0: this bag of sand up and drop yes, it. Yes,
2: exactly. <laughs> and it, it was weird because there was local civilians that would usually work in the gym and they would just stare at you because they're not used to seeing women work out. Wow. So mm-hmm. they would just sit wow. down and they would just watch you. Or like the one time they asked me to move a box. They're like, could you move that box? I'm like, yeah, I can move that box. Ask you <laughs> Like, I'm a super human <laughs> because I'm moving this five pound box. Like, can't you?
0: Like, right. <laughs> no, I want to see you do it. <laughs> yeah.
2: But I mean, now it took me uh, having Noel, my daughter. It took me having her and getting to a spot where I would see pictures of me and her. And I would be like, oh, like all that work that you did during your career in the, the military well, now you've just let it go. And I hated seeing pictures of myself. There are very few pictures that exist now that have pictures of me and Noelle whenever she's like infant. When she's mm-hmm. little, I, I take pictures of her, but I did not take pictures of myself. And I got to a point where I was like, I need to change it because either I'm not going to be in her life because I am so unhealthy or... I don't want to be ashamed to be in those pictures with her. I want to be in those pictures with her. Uh, mm-hmm. So I just took me doing that, it took the pandemic. Uh, everyone <laughs> else was quitting the gym and they're like, yeah, like we're going to confine and just stay home. And I was like, you know what? I have all this free time. I might as well work out. So yeah, I, you worked I worked out with sandbags out. in Afghanistan. Why not? <laughs> yep. So I worked out in my backyard. I worked out, Everywhere. And then finally, I joined a gym and I just went ham with that. And I've yeah. really found a good home gym where they are constantly pushing me and challenging me. There's days where I'm like, I don't want to be here. I feel weak. And my coach, Olivia, will be like, Hey, Mandy, is that is that all you're lifting? I know you can do more than that. And I'm like, Way to call me out. I just want to lift this 10 pound weight. And you're going to call me out and be like, You need to pick up 35s or 40s.
0: Yeah. Well, isn't that part of what keeps you honest, though, is accountability. If you're just telling yourself, yeah, I'm weak today. Yeah, I can only pick up 10 pounds. And then you got somebody yelling at you. Yep, That helps a lot.
2: Makes you take it more serious. Yeah, it's also very encouraging to yourself and uplifting whenever you do pick up those thirty fives, and you go, Oh man, that's actually still pretty light. And then maybe I wasn't so weak. Yeah. And then you're like, maybe I could go even more. And then you get to these points where you're like, Oh, like I just crave going to the gym. Like the gym has become a lot of my therapy. I think it's right. You can sling weights around and like they have these amazing things called slam balls, like great frustration taker outers I can't slam my husband.
0: I mean you could. I mean you could. I, did,
2: I immediately regretted that after I said that. Um if you'd like yes we love you Aaron. Different. And I like it's sad because I know imme- like he's gonna listen to this
0: you said you you can't so that that's good (laughs) you didn't say you wanted to right
2: oh i thought you were going there like slam like sexually but (laughs) oh man
1: (laughs) like no time yeah well (laughs) (laughs) slam balls frustration not
2: aaron got it frustration yes very good therapy rather than abusing your spouse. Yes. 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 We don't condone that here and that's the to.
1: unholy union.
2: <laughs> no, we don't. We
1: don't. Well speaking of, I mean you kind of mentioned that it's the best therapy. How do you feel it impacts your mental health?
2: Oh if I your don't the, if I do not go to the gym immediately, I I feel that sense. Like I I don't feel in control. I this is some piece of my day that I know that I have complete and utter control over and that it just satisfies me in a way that nothing else will. So I need that if I don't like, I don't have to go to the gym and go ham every single day where I'm like balls to the wall, like every single day, just busting myself down. Cause I, I think there's that unhealthy balance that you can get into. But even if I'm just taking some part of my day and doing some form of movement or exercise or stretching it's enough to alleviate and do what i need feel (laughs) seen absolutely
0: our episode last week was the same thing katie isaac went through some mental health stuff and this is her outlet Mm
1: -hmm. and this is
0: her job now
1: (laughs) (laughs) is it your next job mandy Ah uh, no, I you have, like, you like your tax job.
2: <laughs> I, I love my tax job. Uh but I would be open to eventually maybe doing some kind of training. I don't know if it would be personal training, but there's so many times where I'm in a class and I was like, Yeah, like I could do that. Like I could do a CrossFit class and train people or I could I, I can see it. Yeah. So right. I, don't, I don't know. It's just it's it's there if I need it, and
0: you get to verbally abuse people.
2: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. You know, as a
0: as a trainer,
2: to some, to some extent, I feel like I have a really good trainer where she it's a lot of fluff. So she's For the sure. she's the cheerleader. Like she mm-hmm. is definitely the one where she's like yes, like yes, and she every single second of that class. She's yelling out somebody's name and like cheering them on, and I love that.
0: Yeah, for sure. No, I'm for just kidding.
1: <laughs> but I would, she will I call you I'd out and this. tell
2: you you're being weak. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> we also mentioned that you are involved in your community, whether that's with Penn State or anything that you really find passion in is what it seems like, and mm-hmm. you kind of just go for it. So you've done a lot with Penn State, and you were just on, oh, what is it, frankly speaking... You were just, frankly speaking, I, I watched it. You did so great. <laughs> um, <laughs> but what what do you feel like you benefit from being so involved in either Penn State or in the other organizations? What do you feel like you gain from being involved in that? And then also, what do you feel like you give back?
2: Well, especially with Penn State Shenango, they are the smallest campus. So I feel like whenever you say Penn State, you get this like idea of state college, like ginormous campus with so much following behind it. And then you uh-huh. have this campus where it, they're celebrating whenever they've got 100 new students enrolled for the next semester. It's the numbers are so different, but it doesn't mean they're any less impactful or important. In knowing that history of that campus and personally going there and knowing those people, like I want to see that campus. Not only just stay, but like to thrive and to get bigger and having involvement with them, especially as an alumni. I know that I can help channel that. I know I can help in any way that I can, whether it be slinging hot dogs, uh, you know, at a golf outing or uh, even just being there for students. And if they have questions or if they need a mentor or if they need a recommendation for what jobs to apply for that to me is so rewarding uh, to know that place is going to continue to grow but right. also with them I'm also involved with lady scouts which is like girl scouts with wine and <laughs> it's so I love fun. it like we get patches we've got the the matching brown cardigans like It's super cool because you have such a wide range of ages involved in that group. And I I tend to be friends with all the older retired women, but I'm all about that. Like, they got their shit together.
1: (laughs) For
2: sure. Uh Uh But it's it's fun because every single event that they have, they give to charity. Like, they are a nonprofit. So it's not just all fun and games. It is fun. But every single thing that we do ends up helping the community in some way, shape or form, whether it be giving to the animal shelter, giving to different women's shelters, giving to a food bank. They are so involved directly in the community that I live with that I cannot not be a part of it. Like it just, it's there. And I've, the overachiever in me, the one that's like, yes, join all the clubs. That's my ticket. That's what I want to put my stakes in. Right. And then even crew, like I've been blessed a lot of different times of modeling with her. She ends up doing um she does these online fashion advice, different online fashion auctions. She is just an entrepreneur to the fullest. Like she is such an amazing person. Um her best friend is a photographer, so anytime they need a model, I'm like yes, please sign me up because I get to wear clothes and then I get to get amazing photo photoshops. But like also knowing them, it's not just you're going to go and buy something that's super expensive. It's affordable for every single person, and I love. I'm a major thrifter, and that aspect of I'm helping a community by not buying brand new clothes uh, mm-hmm. and also helping my husband's wallet. Uh buying right. brand new clothes. I like that. So I've got my hands in everything and I just enjoy being busy.
0: <laughs> yeah, it keeps your mind busy. And that's yes. important. Constantly moving forward. Yes.
1: Yes. Absolutely. We've gone all over a lot of heavy stuff. <laughs> We've got fun questions for you now. Yay. Yay. <laughs> you ready for a fun question? Yes. What would you do tomorrow? <laughs> if you won 10 million dollars tonight oh
2: I would immediately before I even picked up the money like assuming that it's it's all tax free because you would have to like factor that all in I would immediately open up a blind trust and then go pick it up under the anom- anonymous trust so no <laughs> one knows I have any of that money and then put it in there invest, pay off all the bills, pay my family it'd be like secretly helping people but not publicly helping people yeah for sure
0: <laughs> for sure you don't want to really. you, you don't want to pick that jackpot up and have your picture taken because then yes. you'll have the the vultures coming
1: can, can about how well thought out this answer is! Like financially, <laughs> this is how. <laughs> no, I work with trust.
2: Like I, I see <laughs> the direct impact of that and what can happen if you don't protect it. But I've also seen how people successfully do that, and I'm mm-hmm. like, ah, yeah. like I'll take notes on that.
1: Okay, so I'm watching Suits right now. I'm I'm in that series benji and then there's this one financial guy. You're the Lewis Litt. Of our family is what I'm saying. I don't know if you've seen the show, but the Lewis Litt financial expert, because that was a well thought out answer. Yes. yes.
2: Uh, well, I kind of live that life <laughs> without the money. trust
0: everybody else that we ask. They're like, I'm going to fucking donate it to charity and no, you know, buy no. all kinds of shit.
2: You open up a separate trust for the charitable <laughs> side of it, and then you get you Know you can live off of the, the net income of that trust, but still get the tax benefit of not paying taxes on certain portions. So, oh my yeah.
0: gosh, Listen yeah. To this. yeah, yeah, yeah.
2: <laughs> we need a whole podcast with financial oh. advice, demanding. <laughs> yes, I, I in my mind, I'm like, yeah, open up all these trusts. I would open up a scholarship in perpetuity, like, always wanted that, and like that'll be my goal in life is that one day. I will have enough money that I can have a scholarship for somebody. Um, yeah and like there there's no reason why not to. There's just you just have to have a certain dollar amount and then the interest of that will carry it on and pay some hopeful student for the rest of that duration, like well yeah. beyond your living years. and
0: right. and it will have your name on it and yeah. you're helping people forever.
2: Yes,
1: I am thoroughly impressed with that answer.
2: <laughs> yes, but I'd also go on a
1: vacation, definitely, yeah. probably Where to you Florida. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yes. oh, there you go. Well, it'd be a very cheap vacation because you could stay with us.
0: <laughs> oh, sweet. Yeah. You just gotta buy me a boat.
1: Oh, okay. <laughs> and a truck to pull it. Okay, yeah, no. yeah. okay. All right. <laughs> yeah. We could probably so, make so. <laughs> 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 so besides being so impactful in life, in your community, and all the things what is your favorite thing to do?
2: Oh, that's so hard because I feel like that consumes a lot of my time. And I every part of me is like, yeah, just hanging out with Noelle. But I'm also in a stage of Noelle's life where she's five and she does not stop talking for a second. <laughs> huh. And I do. It doesn't stop. She, our daughter's eight. It doesn't stop.
0: Nope.
2: <laughs> yeah. So I would say spending time, we just went camping. So any kind of, adventure that we can have as a family me aaron and Noel. those are my happiest moments just sporadic road trips i don't care if we're going to cleveland for a day to go sit on a park bench it's happened right. <laughs> yep. we had pizza maybe that's why i was so happy i don't i don't know
1: <laughs> doesn't cleveland have its own style of pizza isn't that a thing i
2: don't know i've never maybe. we have a particular place that every single time we are near there i'm like please please just let me order it yeah they've got some kind of weird crust topper and then they put like a a bourbon demi-glace on top it's real it's fancy the chef of yeah, Mandy yeah, coming yeah. out yeah <laughs> uh, but it's so good like i could i could literally drink the, the sauce <laughs> it's just so good
1: <laughs> no one would judge you no yeah. one would judge you <laughs>
2: Well,
0: I've got one. Go for it. What is the craziest thing about Florida you've ever heard? Because I know I, I know you've heard.
2: I, I've heard about this weird thing with pineapples—people hanging up pineapples—and that really scares me because I love pineapple print everything. <laughs> and as long it's not upside down,
1: right.
2: yeah, right. as long as it's not upside down, you're okay. But that's how you get a pineapple to become juicier. If you put it upside down, and it's supposed to help it to ripen faster and like it's better fruit so just don't
0: do it outside
2: okay, okay. like people see it yeah. like but if the wind blows and i have like decorations on my door and it accidentally turns upside down like i don't i don't need that kind of visitor <laughs>
1: <Okay>. <laughs> they're coming, yeah, I can they're coming. They're yeah. in, in florida they actually have loofahs too Loofahs is a thing, the body loofah, body scrubs things. The different colors mean how f- far you are willing to go. Ew. And people put these on their cars
2: what? <laughs> and their golf cars. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm just washing my damn car. Like, <laughs> don't come at me, bro. I'm just washing this car. And it's loofa. Sun. That
0: means you're willing to go all the way. Oh,
2: my gosh. Like. <laughs> no, no loofahs, apparently, no pineapples. I just. I'm going to wear some solid white
1: colors and <laughs> nothing else.
0: And don't put white rocks in front of your house either. That's another white. swinger thing.
1: But I love Oh, you let rocks. them in on the secret what the loofahs are and the pineapples are. But
2: I love white rocks. That's just like super sharp to me. We've done that a lot in our, our previous houses where we had like the landscaping and he had some black mulch and then you had some white, like a border of white
1: rocks. Don't do it. Don't do it. Just- Don't do it. <laughs> nope.
0: just You're telling gravel. people certain things.
1: There was a whole community in Virginia that at the HOA actually banned the white rocks because it was the sign, yeah, the signal of swingers in the neighborhood.
2: Why can't things just mean just they're just things? It's
1: yeah, yeah, yeah. I like white rocks. What the hell?
2: Yeah, I like pineapple. <laughs> yeah, Grammy Bonnie loves pineapple, and she can never go to Florida
1: because of that. <laughs> we just won't let her in the villages, okay? okay yeah, sure. our house.
0: <laughs> uh, yeah, you can't let her there. That place is
1: crazy.
0: Highest highest rate of STDs in the U.S.
1: <laughs> you don't
2: want to, and like, that can't be a, like a pleasant sight going on
1: because these aren't super Grandmas. Yeah, that's
0: all it is. Yeah. We got yeah. dance parties all the time and that bingo sounds night.
2: That sounds fun.
1: Yeah, okay. That part of it. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> the pineapples come out. Yeah, it's the yeah. aftermath.
2: Yes. Uh, in the words of Granny Bonnie, she said this to me right before I had a bachelorette party. She said, once you've seen one dong in your face, you've seen them all. <laughs> you, you just can't unforget that. Right. <laughs>
0: es- especially coming from her.
2: Yes.
1: Very graphic image. Yeah, all right. <laughs> she's amazing uh. well i think we're coming to the end here mandy where can people find you what are your social medias or anything else you want to tell us where can people find you
2: i am on facebook mandy renee you'll probably have to look for me because i i am hidden out there but then also on instagram i believe it's also mandy renee uh <laughs> I am probably the worst person to find on social media because I think probably why my mental health has gotten so much better is because I don't do a lot of social media. Uh, mm-hmm. But I have to, like in my head, I'm like, yes, whenever I get some free time, I'm going to own that and I'm going to be a major influencer. I don't I don't know what's going on in my head. That probably will never happen. But every once in a while, I post cute pictures of either my child or an animal uh for gym pictures i don't i don't know but you can find you me
1: inspirational in. things about your journey and experience and you were just on frankly speaking uh, yep. it takes me a second to get that in my head <laughs> 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 so yeah you you post good stuff mandy get you got good stuff yes i just haven't had time for that
2: but I'm trying. I'm trying. Everyone maybe I'll get better. You can find me and maybe it will get better. Maybe it won't. I don't I can't can't guarantee anything. But I am very good about if somebody reaches out to me, either, you know, Facebook Messenger, Instagram, I will reach out again to I I will comment back or I will I'll get a hold of you. I I just I don't I don't know why, but I will check it two or three times a day and if
1: somebody messaged me yeah i'll chat you up
0: (laughs) yeah for sure
1: (laughs) yeah well that's definitely what you did for us and we can't thank you enough for everything you did through our experience and for sharing your story today so thanks mandy yeah no i
2: love you guys (laughs) i every time i'm like oh man i just i need to live closer to you guys or you guys need to go closer to me I know uh-huh. that's not happening because Ohio sucks. <laughs> um, but, like, it just, I, like, you guys are relationship goals, hashtag, whatever. But, like, you guys always put yourself down as, like, the, the arguing couple. I'm like, you guys are right up there as, like, my, the couple that I look up to. And <laughs> you guys are really doing awesome. Love the show. My husband definitely loves the show. He's like, he's over here fangirling so
1: yeah
0: yes (laughs) yeah we
1: love you aaron (laughs) 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 gotta say it for him once Mm -hmm. but no we love you too and seriously come down whenever you can just come down and drag grammy bonnie with you but (laughs) we'll one day get her here (laughs) well what do you think russ i'm good i like it thanks mandy thank you thank you guys Another amazing episode, interview. I
0: I don't think we can do our solo ones anymore. Bullshit. What? They're terrible compared to these interviews.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Our hard work is not terrible. No, but that was a really good
0: interview. It was. The past two, three, four, all of them.
1: (laughs) (laughs) You need to go to bed. I'm
0: not trying to discount any of the interviews anybody has done for us. They've all been really good.
1: Absolutely yeah and her being my cousin, no bias there, but her story is amazing to me. yes what she has gone through. Well,
0: she proves that you can in fact get better.
1: Absolutely because
0: she admitted it that she attempted suicide. Yes, but she's still here yep and she's doing better than she ever has.
1: Absolutely. So
0: you can get out of it yep. you just have to believe and go get help.
1: Persevere and be determined, just yep. like Mandy.
0: Stay stay busy, do stuff, fun stuff. Yep. And go outside, get some, some sun.
1: Exercise.
0: I can't do that,
1: though. <laughs> well, it's a common theme, though, between Mandy and Katie. Katie at this point. It's the common theme for both of their mental health. Their
0: coping mechanisms.
1: Thank you. Mental health coping mechanism is to... <laughs>
0: What is their (laughs) mechanism?
1: Their mental health coping mechanism is to exercise and it makes them feel better. So on top of talking, on top of getting down to the root of the problem, on top of nutrition, it also meant... For your mental health, it is physical, too.
0: Yeah. Don't you think that maybe there's a correlation here with rising mental illnesses in the world? Do you think it has to do with technology and people staying inside all the time?
1: Sedentary jobs.
0: Yes. Sedentary jobs, sitting at a desk all day, staring at a screen, getting this artificial blue light shoved in your eyes and your brain constantly being on because... Your eye receptors that make melatonin to tell your body to go to sleep aren't activated.
1: Okay, calm down, Mister
0: I Doctor. I'm saying people read their phones in bed. I am a I am the worst for this, mm-hmm. and it makes your body not want to shut down. It, it's just strange. Like exercise, nutrition, therapy, and if needed, medication.
1: Yep, you can get better. Absolutely. And her story is nothing but inspirational. So, sure. All the way from her military experience and all of the careers she's had. Yeah, I'm proud of her.
0: Super busy, and that's awesome.
1: Yep, I'm super proud of her and very thankful that she was in our life. Oh, well, she's always been in mine, but (laughs) (laughs) but for for you during your journey. and
0: Oh, yeah, she was a resource for me. She was there. Every time I would text her, she would answer, and it wasn't me waiting either. It was almost immediate, like, oh, shit, he needs help. Let me stop what I'm doing and help him. Yep. So, and I thank her for that, too. Absolutely. Love you.
1: It's what you do
2: with the things you love.